Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. SpongeBob SquarePants handled the game-winning touchdown better than Tony Romo. How's it going? I'm Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings, and I also broke down the game better than Tony Romo. Hi, Arif Hassan with the Wide Left Substack. I broke down during the game better than Tony Romo. <laughs> Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. Happy Monday, a brand new week on the Minnesota Football Party, Super Bowl Reaction Edition. I'm Sam Ekstrom. That's Arif Hassan. That's Luke Braun. Thanks so much for joining us. We are here Mondays and Thursdays talking Vikings football and the NFL here on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Please subscribe to the channel. Join the thousands who already have here on Locked on Sports Minnesota. Get all of our programming and also listen to us on the Locked on Vikings audio feed. You can find us, too, on the SiriusXM app, Amazon Fire, Roku, and even the 24-7 YouTube live stream here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. Thanks so much to those who watch and listen. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Dollars. We'll hear about Arif Hassan's success or failure with prize picks later in the show. We'll, of course, go over the bets we talked about on Thursday. But a heavy dive into this dramatic overtime Super Bowl. Chiefs win 25-22, third title in five years, third for Mahomes, and the third loss in 12 years for San Francisco in the Super Bowl. A tough, tough ending. People not knowing overtime rules. What? We'll get into all of that on today's program, plus some Super Bowl nerdy stats. Um, let, let's just get the initial reactions out there. Big picture on what this means for the Chiefs, what it means for San Francisco. Um, that close. I mean, San Francisco, that close to winning a Super Bowl. Purdy getting his first. Purdy getting Brady comparisons. Um, and Mahomes steals the show. In and the final drive and carves them up, converts third downs, converts fourth downs in a masterful display. Uh, Arif Hassan, your your big picture take on all this. Uh, Purdy had his best game of the postseason and it was mediocre. Uh, I would argue, <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong about that. Um, I'd argue, so I think AD is probably safe to say that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've ever seen play. Now, when you use the titles like greatest of all time quarterback, there is always some level of qualification to that, as in it's a resume argument. Like we just kind of assume that it means resume when really we can open up the definition of whatever we want. Right. When you say greatest quarterback of all time, people are like, well, Tom Brady won seven, you know, John Montana won five or whatever. Um, how, how, how could he be the greatest quarterback of all time? He's only only one three only. Um, and, and it's like, I, that's, I've, why are we now again, judging quarterbacks by wins when we have been leading this movement to not do that? The past six seasons of Patrick Mahomes have been astounding. I, there's no other way to think of it. It is the best six year stretch of quarterback play. I think in NFL history, it is incredible. 
So to me, that makes him the greatest quarterback of all time. But if you don't like that title, he's the best quarterback I've ever watched play. And I love it. I love watching this happen. Having it occur against the background of Super Bowl wins is a lot more satisfying than mm -hmm. if they occurred in near losses. So it is nice to have those wins in a discussion like this. It's nice to feel validated by the wins emotionally when you're talking about an emotional response to a, a player's play. But he's the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. So that's what it is. The Super Bowl helps solidify that. But it doesn't change that too much. It just helps because he put together another one of his crazy performances. You know, Patrick Mahomes has, and again, we're, we're, we're falling back on wins and losses, but you know he's never lost a regulation postseason game aside from a Super Bowl match against Tom Brady? That's crazy. Wow. wow. He is, he is, yeah, he has more playoff wins than everybody except Joe Montana and Tom Brady. That includes Peyton Manning. <laughs> ah! it's just it's it's just tom brady and joe burrow those are the two people that have beaten him in the playoffs right yeah yeah that's it is tom amazing. brady plays joe burrow once I, yeah that's, that's it it's nuts nuts <laughs> uh, what's the this is what are they like all teams are like 10 and 50 when trailing in the fourth quarter well, yeah, and, it depends on like what statistic, what like ten points at one. Yeah, point, I want to frame it in the craziest way possible. So I, uh, I think it's Chiefs are. So I think it's ten points in the. Was it the fourth quarter? At the fourth uh, quarter, that's what I saw. Yeah, ten points in the fourth quarter. Teams, if I recall correctly, who are not the was Chiefs, it? It wasn't ten in the fourth quarter in this game, though. Okay, so ten at halftime then. Um, it wasn't that in, either. It was ten. Sorry to interrupt. When was it ever? It was ten nothing, and like in the second quarter, right? And they scored three, right? Okay, Just, yeah. So ten point deficits. Teams yep. uh, in the playoffs at ten point deficits, who are not the Chiefs, are like six and fifty eight, right? Yep. Yeah, teams, like that. teams who are the Patrick Mahomes Chiefs, are five and one. <laughs> it's so insane. <laughs> it's it's and awesome. the one I love this dynasty. I feel like we have a nice benevolent dictator of the NFL now. Yeah, I like, like him. Yeah, it's awesome. Like it, it's funny. I feel like there is there, we're getting to Chiefs exhaustion because we've seen them win two Super Bowls in a row now, and everybody wants to see somebody somebody new every year. You know, I don't. I'm good. And yeah, same. And like, but like, I got that sentiment when it was the Patriots because the Patriots were just like efficient, and that didn't make for great TV. They were well, they were they um, were they were intentionally characterless. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Yes. It was, yeah, it was, it was not, there was no flash to it. Right. And that was their personality and that was their thing. And that was how they won games. There's so much flash to the chiefs. It's awesome. Yeah. I I'm surprised that we are still keep capable of having people complain about the chiefs so much. Although I think a lot of that is just like bitter fans of other AFC teams, which is fair. Yeah, uh, I've, and I've people who like are really Dalton mad about the Taylor Swift thing, which is Bills not. fans and AFC West fans complain about it, but it's like, Hey man, we get to see some of the most like, if it was the 2007 Patriots the whole time, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, this rules, right? Yeah. And like, it rocks. It's so much fun. What we get Chiefs a thousand years. Right. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> Chiefs forever. No new rings. <laughs> it, it is just hard to imagine that Mahomes would ever have a decade drought like Brady had. So Brady wins yeah. his third at age 27. Imagine. Super Bowl is so hard to win. Mahomes, you're right. Uh, recency bias in full effect here. Mahomes is a year older. Emotionally, than Brady. it is difficult to imagine. 
when Brady won his third, and then Brady took 10 years off and then won four more. Slacker. It it is hard. So I'll say this. It's hard to see Mahomes playing until Brady's retirement age, which was what? 43. I might be yeah, off. It's hard to see anybody play that hard at that far. Um but oh, he's I think just gonna he's just gonna have to win a couple more faster. It's also hard to see Mahomes not winning one in the next 10 years. Like it, he won with a very mediocre regular season team that kind of mucked its way through the regular season and should on paper improve from here. And he balled out in the playoffs. I mean, just, just an absurd playoff run with the toughest DVOA path against the dolphins in the frozen tundra um, Ravens on the road. Who was in between? Who am I forgetting? Was it the Bills? I don't know. Bills, the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Bills. Yeah. The Bills. All all teams who had different points were favored to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like all three of those teams at one Just point insane. were the favorite. <laughs> yeah. It, here's the thing that that floors me. And it's what what I have not seen on Twitter or, or around the like blogosphere of Viking land. Usually after the Super Bowl, we hear about how the team that won the Super Bowl is doing the key thing that the Vikings aren't doing, whether it's whatever they did in the draft or how they got their quarterback right. or whatever. Build around the offensive time. line. Yeah. Well, like maybe we, maybe we should be getting or... second round quarterbacks because of Jalen Hurts. Like we always will have that yeah. that yeah. that stupid discussion after like somebody has playoff success that isn't the Vikings. We're not doing that this time because it's That's like, well, I guess it's just. It's I love it. Yeah, it's it is the beauty of the Chiefs because it's always an exhausting discussion. Yeah. But it's like, well, they just have Mahomes, I guess. Yeah, just have can't really, can't really get that one. <laughs> yeah. Just do that. Just get Mahomes. Yeah, just get Mahomes. And, it's like, like well, is, there's not really you can't even you can't even be like get an elite quarterback because the AFC has like done that. Yeah, right. Like you can't just get Josh back. Allen and beat beat the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. They like Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tua somehow, CJ Stroud, like they are chock full of incredible quarterbacks. Justin Herbert in the division can't get a lick, right? Like in the division, right? Yeah. And 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 if the if you have an elite quarterback, that's not the answer. It's not. And you could have an elite team around the quarterback like the Ravens did, and that's not the answer. No, just, you just have can't. Patrick Mahomes and let your team get worse, I guess. Then yeah, you like, can win the Super Bowl. Like the deal is you can beat the Mahomes Chiefs if you have an elite quarterback and you don't make mistakes. And asking a whole team to not make mistakes for 60 minutes is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. But Mahomes can make mistakes. He's different. Best player can't fumble. Special teams can't certainly can't turn it over. Can't miss an extra point. And you got to know the overtime rules. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we're going to break the minutiae down here. I do want to just contextualize briefly and make Minnesota sports fans feel terrible. If you're a Bay Area sports fan and you're like 30 to 35 years old, this is the roller coaster that you've been on. You've witnessed, you've witnessed four NBA Finals wins, two NBA Finals losses, three Super Bowl losses, three World Series wins, one World Series loss, and a Stanley Cup Finals loss. That amounts to 
seven championships won and seven championships lost. You've been in it 14 times if you're like 30 years old. You know how many the the, the Minnesota market has in that span for major sports? None. Well, no, that's because you're not counting the Minnesota Lynx. No appearances. I but. said or major by being selected. <laughs> um, Minnesota Lynx are unbelievable. I love the Lynx. Um, uh, soccer the team Lynx was good for us. a hot second. Right? Soccer team has not reached a title, but they were in a conference final. You're right. Close Surely the Timberwolves are sustainable. This is their year. Yeah, yeah this is their year. Um, Kansas City. I don't watch the game. Kansas City, three and one in Super Bowls. The baseball, it's a two-sport market. <laughs> one and one in World Series. They've even had two of those appearances. Six oh total God. in a decade. Um, so it's it's a tough life. It's a tough life being in Minnesota. Let's talk about the minutiae of this game, the betting, the announcing, the advertisements, the the halftime show after this on the Minnesota football party. Brought to you today by Prize Pick the number one fantasy sports app in America, over 3 million members. This is the deal. You pick more, you pick less. Then two to six player stat projections. Watch the winnings roll in. A lot of people were hammering prize picks during the uh, big game. Arif Hassan among That's them. Right. Yep. It's demon time on prize picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. You can turn 10 into 1,000. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at prize picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. Now win up to 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. That sounds awesome. You can not even go cross sport. So not football anymore, but you could go like basketball and hockey. Um, there's quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, enormous selection of players and stat types, and a reboot policy where if a player gets hurt in the first half, doesn't play the rest of the game. That entry is rebooted, and PrizePix discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. One more time, prizepix.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Bucks. All right, thanks for tuning in here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Again, the schedule for the week. Ron Johnson on Tuesday has Vikings fullback CJ Ham on the show. That's going to be great. Huge Wednesday, game. Wednesday show, uh, Minnesota basketball party, talking Wolves, coming off a big one with the Clippers tonight. And uh, we're back on Thursday here in the Minnesota football party. And that'll probably be a little more Viking-centric today, very Super Bowl-centric. Let's kind of go down the line. I want I want 1 through 10 ratings on these various categories. Use uh, Decimals encouraged. Let's be as uh as let's surely as specific as possible. Yeah. No, we both will. Um let's start with the all important wagering aspect. Uh, I think we were all pretty active on FanDuel and as a group, we had so we had three that we planned out. Use check touchdown, no dice. Not really even that close. We (laughs) had an anti scorigami, which for a moment was looking promising because 16-13 would have been a hit. Uh, a former, a, a previous Super Bowl score. 23-16 would have been a hit. A previous so Super close. Bowl score. So close. Um, 25-22, not a previous Super Bowl score. So that didn't hit. We also were going to do Orange Gatorade. 
Come to find out when you're in Iowa, Iowa is one of a handful of states that does not permit the Gatorade bet. Who knew? I mean, much to our benefit. Right. We would have gone orange instead of Ron Johnson's purple. Yeah. And we would have lost. So money saved. But um, I personally was was heavily invested in the Chiefs. I I said, you're not going. I'm not going to lose betting against Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That proved to be right. Um, So it worked out decently for me. I also had the fun one over two and a half players with a pass attempt. Juwan Jennings. Yeah, that's a good one. I wish we had discussed that beforehand because I would have given you some money to lay it down. Plus money. Yeah. It like plus 170. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was my that was my night. Went pretty well. Um, how'd it go for you guys? Uh pretty well. Um, it's like one of those where like because of the uh because of like the 100 times on demons, um, mm-hmm. I got like pretty close to making insane amounts of money but as is the nature of these sorts of things pretty close is the exact same thing is very far away yeah uh i did get some flex plays in so i was able to avoid having to zero out and so i did end up in the black i was very heavy on under type bets would have been really nice if purdy had passed for one fewer yard it would have been extremely extremely nice if he had managed to do that, but he didn't, they decided to go an extra yard for a field goal. Don't know why doesn't help anybody. Um, but, uh, other than that, like getting the unders on various touchdowns, getting the unders on yards for IUK. I, I love the, the, the chief secondary. So unders on IUK, couple of unders on Debo. I didn't want to pound that one too hard. Uh, unders on Christian McCaffrey. Uh, so long as they weren't scrimmage unders, I was good there. Uh, unders on, I thought I was looking good on the unders and Travis Kelsey for a little bit, um, but I did take some first half unders for like Mahomes and Kelsey's so that worked out pretty well. So early yeah, unders. Yeah. Early unders would have yeah. just killed so, that game. Yeah. So I, I did pretty well, assuming it was going to be a low scoring game. The fact that the game ended up turning into an average ish scoring game didn't actually hurt me because it was a lot of the yards were distributed to players like Juwan Jennings, who I didn't have a, uh, a take on positive or negative. What a great game from him, right? Uh, receiving yards for Christian McCaffrey. I didn't end up having uh, too much leverage there, right? So all of the areas where those yards and points came from did not come from the major skill players, which helped me out a lot. So I ended up uh, a little bit in the black, not uh, tremendously in the black, but uh, man, I was so close to just dipping out of the show and never working again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that sounds like about, uh, about a 6.8 on your, your one to 10 scale. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I think a yeah. 6.8, 6.7. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd go about a 7.7 for myself. I did get a nice Valdez Scantling chiefs line parlay. Um, Luke Braun, any success? So I, as of the divisional round via prize picks, I had doubled my money on the season, which means we shut it down. So Smart. we get an incomplete here. Smart. Uh, and I just kind of like latched on to the bets that other people I was watching with had. Somebody had like a squares thing going on. Like, like emotionally latching onto them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody else had a uh, an Isaiah Pacheco anytime touchdown that we were really sweating, especially at the end, like a couple of goal Ooh, line possessions. Wow, yeah. Uh, nobody hit anything. So... We all lost. Everybody lost except me who didn't play. So, uh, But not... emotionally you lost, and that's important to me. Yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah, so uh, Sam, move mine from a 6.8 to a 6.9. Nice. Nice. Very nice. Beautiful. Uh, the the announcing. Did we all go... Um, I mean, I this is a tough question because a lot of people can't hear um, the game. I could barely hear. <laughs> I, oh, I just wanted to clown on Tony Romo at the beginning. Yeah, oh I didn't gosh. hear. I didn't hear a lot, but I did hear the final call, and I was appalled. I was absolutely appalled by what I heard. This is this has been a problem with Jim Nance Cruz forever. I don't know if it's Nance not. Willing, not being willing to talk to his partners. I don't I'm know. I'm like 100% sure that Phil Sims like wants to kill Jim Nance in his sleep. Like you can't convince me otherwise. Because N- Nance has this issue himself. When he's not doing golf, for, for whatever reason, he understands how to do it in golf. When he is not doing golf, he has this problem. And it almost enables his analysts to have this problem. His producers don't do anything about it. And Tony Romo is complete, completely out of control. So Nance gives a good game-winning touchdown call. And Tony Romo proceeds to good call. vomit all over it with, with analysis that is not objectively bad, but you wait for the replay. You wait for the replay. It didn't match up at all with what was on the screen. Yeah, got to let it breathe. It, yeah, you yeah, let so, it breathe, dude. And, okay, so, like, were you to do this analysis immediately after the moment, which I agree Absolutely, let the 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 player reaction wash over you. Let the crowd react. Let them tell the story instead of you. Obviously, right? But were you to let the analysis uh, come into play, I don't actually think like t- the the technical like analysis was fine. The way he delivered it was actually extremely poor as well. So it was like nonsense with no visual aid to kind of help you along. He is mm-hmm. attempting to reference the fact that. The, the Chiefs closed the door in the last Super Bowl with this play, and they're closing the door in this Super Bowl with this play, which actually would have been a much better way to say it. Um, and it's you kind of have to like work your way through it, which is not what you want to do, especially at the end of a game. But you never want the viewer to have to work your way through what you just heard, especially with no like visual aid on. So it was like, it was bad all around. I thought. I, I mean, I've unfortunately had the pleasure of uh, of hearing worse announcing, right? Remember the former UFC guy? Um, but man, for a Super Bowl, this was bottom tier. Bottom tier. Tony Romo was bad. There was a stretch in the fourth quarter where he was doing pretty all right. Not turning it around. Mm-hmm. Pretty all right. But the rest of the game... Yeah, Got the overtime rules wrong multiple times, misidentified players, wouldn't even finish sentences, kept walking over the play. Didn't have any sense of timing for when the analysis should be. Kept walking over the play call. Happened on the final call, by the way. He just kept talking. To explain something that was actually critically important, but should have been explained earlier. So Nance couldn't set up the play. So he just starts having to call as soon as the snap happens, which is wild, right? You'd never do your play-by-play guy like that, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 this is happening the whole game where he has no sense of what's yeah. happening like live on the field. He just has to have something. Get, but like he's not completing his thoughts either. So it is very distracting. He's making noises. It's singing Adele. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it was bad. So I, I would argue 
for a super, maybe like a 2.2 2.3 was my was my thought wow. like he he is more of a caricature than the caricatures of him like the impressionists do him now but he is more extreme than the impressionists it's crazy Ron, my, did, you hear, did you hear it and anything do you have a take on this not really my my super bowl experience was underscored by discussions about um lewd videos of drake so what'd you give it a 2.3 yeah 2.4 i watched back the noah eagle call on the nickelodeon it's pretty good actually um nickelodeon broadcast other you know spongebob and patrick had a better sense of timing than tony romo that's phenomenal yeah well i wouldn't say spongebob had remarkable timing when he said touchdown it was like six seconds late yeah, I mean, uh, I'm being I'm being a little dramatic here, but at least they Patrick they were, were making yeah, Patrick was all over it. Um <laughs> radio call was great. Harlan was great. Ho- yep, Harlan was great. Home and radio radio calls were great. Um but again, I just saw the Nickelodeon clip. I love that so much. Right? The slime is on the field. The slimes are yeah. everywhere. Patrick just Patrick's both his little starfish out. arms up. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. So not, not the strong suit. I will have to abstain from halftime opinions. I was doing kids bedtime, so I missed halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, but sources tell me it was not as good as Rihanna. So I'm, I, I, I can't weigh in myself. What was the take on Usher though? Uh, I can't uh, fairly evaluate Rihanna cause that's the only one I've seen like live in person. So my experience of that was like a lot different, oh, um, nice. which I like very much enjoyed. So I can't, uh, talk about it like that, but I thought the Usher halftime show was very good because entirely because of the second half of the show. I think it saved it. The first half was like very slow and weird and kind of 2022 Colts game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, honestly. Um, but man, that second half of that was great. Luda. Oh my God. Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys did not start out. Alicia Keys but... exploded that show. Yeah. It was it was fantastic. The, but, yeah, I hear Lil really John. Cool I heard Lil John as I'm trying. Lil John to like, was my favorite part. I'm yes, trying to read honestly. like bedtime stories, and I just hear from the living room, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and it was very clear that he had like no stage direction. He was just told to do his thing, and which is exactly of, how you should direct Lil John. It, yes, it's perfect. The, no notes. The, my yeah. favorite part was it was just the camera angle, but like after he he appeared. And then they're like transitioning into the next song and little John goes up onto the, like the main stage. Cause he was like kind of out in the crowd doing something with the crowd and he goes up on the main stage and he, he just like gives Usher like a handshake and then like walks off. And it just kind of looked like he was saying hi to Usher. Like, in the middle of the halftime show. It was fantastic. Also uh, the roller skating I, was phenomenal. The rollerblading was awesome. Lil John was phenomenal. Alicia Keys was phenomenal. Ludacris was phenomenal. Usher was fine. Sure was fine. Give like a seven. Uh, I I I was thinking low eights actually. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, like an eight one. Um. All right. Let's get into this overtime sequence. After this, let's talk about what do you do with the coin toss? Why don't the Niners players know the rules, and would it have made a difference? Uh, Next on the Minnesota Football Party. Today's show brought to you by DoorDash. You want to get 
food, apps, desserts, groceries straight to your door. Uh, have it done quickly. Maybe you're making a little Valentine's cuisine for your significant other. DoorDash, all-in-one app for your everyday needs, restaurants, groceries to flowers, fellas, and gifts. So next time you're running low on dinner ideas, or if it's maybe pet supplies, or you're running low on time, DoorDash can help with that because they can get you everything you need delivered to your door. Uh, so with all the big game commotion, maybe you didn't want to go to the grocery store and stand in line. Well, now DoorDash can get you uh, caught up in all of your grocery, food, retail needs. Um, so whether it's a watch party, Valentine's dinner coming up in a couple days, DoorDash is your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. All right. End sequence of this one. Let's go, let's go back to 1310. Uh, Niners score. Niners miss the extra point. Chiefs blocked. go down. Importantly, it was blocked. blocked. Yes. I don't know if that's on Moody or not. Um, Chiefs okay, go well, down, settle for a field. I'm gonna goal. guess the long snapper because the long snaps were bad all, all game. Both yeah, there teams. was a on the 55 yarder, there was a really high one, which made made the kick even more impressive. Uh 49ers go down, field goal. Chiefs go back down, answer with a field goal. Field goal heavy. The and the then, the Chiefs answer field goal, I think, was is the one you're talking about with a really high long snap on a long kick, right? Uh maybe it was the Chiefs kick. There was a there was That's a very I mean. long kick with a high yeah, it was a Chiefs snap. kick. Tommy Townsend was the holder. Incredible job. Because it was high and behind him. Mm -hmm. And he gets it and he places it perfectly within the timing of the kick. It, it was beautiful work. And then it was like just a line drive right up the middle. So I just yeah. want to note that. Pro props to him, Unsung Hero. Uh, I thought the coaching in this one was no one wanted to go full Campbell. The closest we had was the, the Niners on a fourth and maybe two. Um, when they were down by three, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think they Kittle had the conversion on the far sideline mm -hmm. uh, to extend a drive. Otherwise, fairly conservative. Didn't see a lot of going forward around midfield. Didn't see a lot of going forward in the red zone. Teams wanted the points. Um, we get to overtime. 49ers win the toss and select to receive. Now, this was the first overtime game under the new rules, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, because the only this year, yeah, yeah, I believe it was. Um, so again, if you score a touchdown, no longer do you win, the other team gets an opportunity. And this stems from the Bills Chiefs game a couple of years ago because it felt unfair that Mahomes could win the toss, go down, and end the game. Um, so now we're hearing Boy, that it's the... gonna be unfair, dog. <laughs> <laughs> we're now hearing that the 49ers players didn't know the rules. Um, wild to me inexplicable that's on the coaches I, th I think that's on the coaches more than the players if that was the case but my question is what change what changes what changes so, so did okay. they versus like knowing the rules and not knowing the rules well so i'm so like I'm for saying, the players specifically i'm assuming yeah. shanahan knew the rules fair assumption shanahan yeah. chose to receive the coin toss so what does it change then about the way they handled overtime, if the even if they didn't know the rules, what is what what changes about that? 
Well, I think the most immediate example of players knowing the rules and knowing how to execute within those rules comes actually at the Chiefs touchdown because they let that clock drain. And if you don't know the rules, that is an alarming scenario. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, But it turns out the clock there doesn't matter because it was still the Chiefs initial possession, right? And so the possession has to end like naturally, right? By like, yeah, it just works like the end of like the first quarter. You'd flip sides and keep going. Yeah. And so, yeah, it would have just kept going. It would have been a small break, give the players a little bit of rest, basically. Um, But if you don't know the overtime rules, it looks like the Chiefs are about to lose. And I don't know that the 49ers defenders were fully prepared for it. It seemed to me, I don't know for a fact, it seemed to me that they were a little bit confused about what the Chiefs were doing at the end of the the timed overtime period, right? So that's one in-game example that we saw, but there are a million examples, right? So this actually goes back to something we talked about a lot in 2022, which is the situational master stuff from Kevin O'Connell. Mm-hmm. You can't know every single edge case where the rules will change the way that you play in situational football, right? Like you might know, for example, that, you know, down one at the 50 uh, and it's fourth and long, it's actually better to uh, attempt or third and long. It's better to get into field goal range than it is to convert, right? Or something along those lines, right? Like that there's value in not converting and setting up a field goal within range, right? Something along those lines, right? You can know that, you can drill that, you can tell your players that. But the players knowing all the rules and all of the situations allows them to adapt to circumstances that they were not drilled on because those circumstances are infinite, right? And so that will allow players to make choices like whether or not to go out of bounds or whether or not to extend uh, to get a first down in a situation where they might need a first down, right? They need to know whether or not how important it is to get a field goal or a touchdown right and in this situation it's really important even though a touchdown doesn't end the game um and the players seem to have been confused about whether or not that was the case um your choices to like take a risk on an end zone shot will change depending on whether or not you know that there's going to be a response drive right so i think that's that that's part of it but also Mm. consider this if you don't know that the game doesn't end on a touchdown, the emotional whiplash from scoring a touchdown and the game not being over is <laughs> you imagine? tremendous. The yeah. fan, the fan whiplash too. Yeah, there the fan been whiplash fans like been leaving, waving the <laughs> Niners flags yeah. in the parking lot. Yeah. And do we think it, the confetti it, guy knew? Oh, I don't think so. But it what are the odds the that the confetti guy didn't know? Matter same colors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the game wouldn't have been over. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's true. But, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, like, that that's, like, crazy. If, like, you're a 49ers player, you think the game is over, and, like, after all of the adrenaline, it's like, because the ref is like, no, no, no. It's like, take the feeling you get when an OPI wipes out a touchdown, right, and multiply it by a 1,000. Mm-hmm. That... I don't like, you know, I don't talk a lot about like momentum or the psychological impact of whatever, but I can't imagine that being anything other than devastating and detrimental to what your team is trying to accomplish. Right. So 
that is enough of it. Like all of the stuff I said about knowing all of the different situations and coming up with mm -hmm. scenarios and having your players adapt to the way that they play based off of what the rules tell you that you can do and do your various risk assessments about what's appropriate, what's not appropriate, whether or not you want to convert a third down, whatever, right? Put all of that aside. You can't have your players be emotionally unprepared for that. Like, so but, that's okay, but, me but let me push back. Let me push back. So, but you're, so you're speaking theoretically, right? Like if the Niners had scored a touchdown. Yeah, um, sure. Which they was the goal. But they, but they didn't, right? So I'm, I'm assuming yeah. they, <laughs> I'm assuming that they were like, or under the impression it was regular season overtime rules. Like maybe that was in their mind. So they knew the Chiefs would get the ball again, even with the field goal. They knew well, that the, the Chiefs could beat them with a touchdown. Yeah. yeah. So, so the only thing that maybe was unclear here is whether the game was ending when the clock expired. Like to me, that's. But how? But would that change? Other than that, when Kyle Shanahan failed to prepare them on Friday. Yeah. No. No. It, it, it's a. It's a bad. It's a bad look. Like I, sure. I just I don't know where this pushback is coming from, just based off of the fact that they did end up kicking a field goal. Like, so that, okay, that's but important to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm here's saying, a question. I don't, affected, I don't think it affected any of their behavior because it's not like here's, the players. Here's my theory for that. The coin toss decision. Here's my theory for that. Um, on that last play, if you think that the clock matters, would you not defend that differently versus the Chiefs who mm -hmm. like know that? they can still like kick a field goal and it's fine. Like it's not necessarily as four down territory as the defense thinks like that would, that would change things. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily what caused, I mean, that's just, I, I don't even want to call it a mistake. It's a really good first play call. And goal it's a really hard the play. Three, though, this wasn't a, th it wasn't a third down. I mean, first and goal from the three, you're defending the goal line. Exactly. You're, you know, you're expecting. A exactly. So it's, if you think that's the last play and the chiefs think it's first down, it's different, right? Yeah. The chiefs don't have to get all the yardage. So you defend it differently. Does that make sense, Sam? Like they can get two yards and that be a success. So if you're the yeah, 49ers, the 49ers could, could give up two yards and think they just won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. not happening, right? So that's an important caveat. The second okay. caveat is they're prepared for a quick snap. And so their defense yeah. might be very basic because they think it's a quick snap. Their defense mm -hmm. might be primed to jump the snap because they think it's a quick and snap. And perhaps susceptible to motion because they are not in a defense that's set up with set up with the tools to handle. Right. It. So there's like a bunch of different problems with that just in that end of game scenario. But also like the 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 field goal thing, like they may have changed their offensive strategy heading into that final drive that resulted in a field goal instead of a touchdown because but that's shanahan it, that's shanahan's no 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 no. i'm not i'm not saying the play calls i'm saying the player's decisions after the play has been called right yeah. does purdy take a risk at throwing a tight window i don't know but it's different based off of what the risks and rewards are right mm. so i think that you you might have been able to play safer football knowing that a touchdown doesn't end it and if you play safer football maybe that actually would have increased your success rate and you wouldn't have had to take risks that force you to end up taking a field goal. It might have been counterintuitively, for example, that safer play could have resulted in a touchdown, right? Like that's like that's the thing that matters, right? Is that these players need to know that a touchdown doesn't end the game so they can do risk assessment on it. So they can play safer if they need to, right? Yeah, and but coverage rules for a lot of teams change in two minute, which we were not in two minute, but it felt like two minute. 
Right. And, and that sense of urgency is different. And the way that you'll pursue things is different. Like you might just run harder with that motion, which in an end game situation could be good. But when that is a fake motion that, that right. gets you got, it just changes yeah. the, the, the way that you approach challenges. Uh, and especially if the chiefs could take advantage of that, but the chiefs are just, yeah, they're playing a different game. Yeah. I, I I see where you're coming from and I get this. We don't know who all was unclear about the rules, like whether the, the offense was the defense was Purdy was, but I we, see the defense. We, we do on know that, that Eric Armstead learned what the rules were based off of looking up and seeing the scoreboard. That's inexcusable. That's, That's how we learned. Awful. That is awful. Um, the defensive effort, like there was no prevent element to this. I don't think they played more softly. They forced a fourth down. They forced a third down. They forced another third down. I mean, their defense played well on that drive that the Chiefs just kept executing. Um, it's the, yeah, I mean, fourth and four at the Kansas City nine. Like that's that's kind of, that's the big decision, right? That would have been the Campbell go. Campbell goes there, I think. Um, 49ers said, no, we're going to kick, but it comes back to, to the coin toss. A lot of folks coming out saying you defer the coin toss, you get the ball second. You're, and you're, you're like ambivalent on that, Arif. Yeah. uh, I think, uh, if you tease out all of the advantages and disadvantages of, of choosing to receive versus choosing to kick, um, it tends to even out or it becomes a very difficult argument, um, a couple of people have run a bunch of simulations on this. Brian Burke at ESPN did this, uh, ran 120,000 simulations, which uh, the numbers are arbitrarily high. They don't actually need to be that high, but uh, ran a bunch of simulations and found that it, there was a very slight advantage, 50.6% advantage, 50.6% advantage um, over 49.4 to re- to receive the ball, to have the ball first, right? Hmm. Um, the Chiefs analytics staff, thought otherwise right they they found a slight advantage the other direction right um an analytics staffer told seth walder who also works at espn that anybody who thinks that they have a definitive answer to this question right that has a hard answer to this question is wrong so when you tease it out multiple analytics people have teased this out run simulations with their own internal models that are separate from each other that don't rely on each other's assumptions and have found that the difference is marginal so okay i'll trust that but here are the arguments for why you would do one or the other, right? Um, if you receive the ball first, right, you will then get the first sudden death possession, right? Mm-hmm. So huge, huge. Yeah, it, it's huge, right? So uh, if both teams punt, if both teams kick field goals, if um, and it wouldn't happen if both teams kick touchdowns because the second team is probably going to go for two, but maybe not, right? And if both teams, you know, go. Uh, you know, have touchdowns and kick the extra point on touchdowns, you have the first sudden death possession. That's huge. The reason that you would go second, though, is because it's not guaranteed that the response would be like for like, right? So you know what you need. If you force a punt, you know you only need a field goal, so you can play for that, right? If you force a field goal, you know that you can continue the game with a field goal or be a little bit riskier and play for a touchdown. If you force a touchdown, you know you have to get a touchdown. And, or for if you allow a touchdown, I guess force mm-hmm. is the wrong word there. If you allow yeah. a touchdown, you have to get a touchdown. And you could end the game with a two-point conversion. And so you may choose to do that as opposed to allow the other team the first crack at a sudden death drive. And so you have the informational advantage over the first team because the first team doesn't know what they need to get, right? If, if the 49ers go into that first drive 
knowing that the subsequent drive somehow magically that the subsequent drive is going to be a touchdown, they play that a lot differently. They go for it on fourth and four, right? So the Chiefs armed with that knowledge now know that they can do it. The Chiefs are required essentially to play fourth down football in a scenario where the other team scores. The 49ers are not because the risk of failing on a fourth down is losing the game on a field goal. Whereas the risk of failing on a fourth down is the exact same for uh, the the Chiefs as kicking a field goal, right? Which is, or not, well, in a, in a touchdown scenario, which is that you lose the game, right? So you have to go for it on fourth down in some of these situations. So um, it forces you to play more aggressive football. Like it's having that informational advantage is enormous. And so that's the reason that you would go second. And uh, evidently these things balance out, right? You know, one has the same. So uh, a lot of people suggested that the 49ers receive the ball because their defense had just been on the field for a long time, right? Um, for an enormous drive. And contextual factors like that, when the stuff is like 50-50, that makes perfect sense to me. Let the defense rest a little bit longer. Okay, yeah, yeah. fine. That That's like the sign of a good format, I feel like. It's like yeah. very debatable what you should do. That feels like totally that's agree. set up properly then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not like biased towards having a good offense and winning right. a point flip, which is what the previous format was. Like, yeah, and you just, you will take the ball. And if you don't take the ball, the only possible reason not to take the ball in overtime is like some weather nonsense or some like crazy corner case. Yeah. Uh, The Vikings against the Rams at uh, TCF Bank Stadium. Bill Belichick had one. I forget what, but he had one like that, like a crazy windy game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, yeah, that, that, that means that that change is good and it should stay and it should just be the rule. Yeah. I like it. I mean, the players. And it's easier to explain it. too. It's like, okay, both teams get to possess the ball if we're still tied after it. Sudden death, easy, done. And then it's like, well, and then if they get a touchdown, but the other team gets a field goal, and like, well, there is one caveat, which is a defensive score in the first possession. But yes, otherwise, I would argue both teams possess the ball there. Uh, I do not believe that fits the NFL definition of possession. It's more of like a basketball NBA definition of possession. Well, the NFL is wrong, I guess. Still, <laughs> once again. Damn. But um, in that scenario, of course, the opposing team would finish with it. No, it wouldn't. Never mind. So, as we close the show, I want either a nerdy stat or a party foul from both of you. Let me play them both. Analytics fans rejoice. Woo-hoo-hoo! It's time to get educated. Whoa, you're blowing my mind right now. With the nerdy stat of the day. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Two for one. Yeah, look, you party fouls. Both. That's funny. Nerdy stats, Super Bowl edition. What do we got? Uh, I mean, I would have gone with Romo or Shanahan, but we covered the reasons that those were party fouls for me. So um, mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore all of the exigent stuff from the Super Bowl, whether it's like Taylor Swift commentary or whatever, and give you this. The Chiefs blitzed, according to the next-gen stats, 54.8% of the time. They got a pressure rate of like 53%, something along those lines. On those blitzes, they did it against the team that is one of the best in the NFL against the blitz. I think Purdy ranked third in EPA per play against the blitz. Spagnuolo knew that going in and knew that the blitz-heavy game plan in this particular scenario would 
help because he knew exactly how Purdy handles those blitzes and covered up those hot routes so that the Purdy wouldn't be able to get to them. Incredible stuff, stuffing the passing lanes, making sure that you can still play a blitz-heavy game plan, get to Purdy, make sure that there's pressure, but not allow Purdy the normal outlets that he normally has. Really fantastic stuff to increase your blitz rate because actually, even though the Chiefs are the fourth heaviest blitz rate team in the NFL this year, they were highly, highly variant in how often they blitz game by game. They blitz the 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 Ravens a ton. They did not blitz the Bills a ton, right? And it was just that just who they who they matched up with last year. They were uh, the number one team in two high personnel. And then against the Eagles, who carved up too high personnel, they decided actually instead of being at 55% too high, we'll be at 30% too high. And though the Eagles did play offense fairly well, especially in the first half, it worked out really, really well. So Spagnolo is an adaptable coordinator who still wants to play to his strengths. I thought that was really cool. Hmm. I like that. Ron? I'll do a party foul. It goes to uh, Andy Reid and Chris Jones after the, the Super Bowl ended with the confetti falling, getting into a physical altercation on the field. They must hate each other. There must be discord in the Chiefs locker room, even with a Super Bowl victory. Clearly, mm-hmm. these are the rules. Mm-hmm. But don't um, forget the Travis Kelsey contact earlier in the game, too. Which Yeah, uh, again- everybody hates Andy Reid. It's very clear that he's lost the locker room. I am a body language expert. <laughs> CBS didn't like acknowledge that at all which was another whiff on the broadcast team's part. Jawan Jennings, the only player to throw and catch a Super Bowl touchdown besides Aside from who? BDN, Nick Foles. That's right. Nick Foles in Minnesota. Um, that's the Minnesota football party for today. On Thursday, we're back. Ron Johnson will join. Luke Inman will be back as well. Full panel on Thursday. Back into the off-season abyss for the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, plenty more shenanigans. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. See ya.